You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to receive 15% off your order. Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. On today's show, we're going to dive in deep and talk about the NFL draft that happened this weekend. We're going to be joined again by Mitchell Wolf, who's been an excellent co-host the last week. He's going to jump in and talk a little bit about each of the two guys that got drafted. We saw um, Isaiah McDuffie go to the Green Bay Packers in the sixth round, and Hunter Long will be going to the Miami Dolphins. He was a third-round pick, uh, both picks that I think many of us expected. So we'll jump into that. Uh, and then we're going to get into the news right away. So over the weekend, baseball played, and I have to again. I had to preface this. I'm recording this before the Sunday game is over. Boston College looks like they're going to be in position to win two out of three against Miami. They smoked Miami on the first day. Uh, they won 12 nothing, And then in the, on the Saturday game, they lost 2 nothing. And right now they're up 9-5. And again, you know, BC. <laughs> we can't really say that they're going to win because they, against Notre Dame a couple weeks ago, they, they blew a pretty big lead. So nice, uh, nice weekend for the Eagles. And, you know, they're going to be something, you know, even though their team is not playing well, the Major League Baseball draft is right around the corner. So that'll be something else that we're going to bring up on the site. So make sure you check out bcbulletin.com. Speaking of bcbulletin.com, if you haven't done so already, we have our premium service. It's a dollar for the first month. How are you going to beat that? Uh, we've been having recruiting news. I'm going to have my recruiting notebook out today. It's going to have a whole bunch of news that you're not going to find on the site. Um, you have to pay to get it now. Um, but it's only like it's $1 for the first month and a cup of coffee this every other month after that. And you're going to get all the inf- inside information on Boston College Sports from myself, Someone who knows BC, who's covered it for years, who is passionate about Boston College sports, you're going to get the best best coverage that I can give you, and I'm really proud of it. So I hope you consider doing that. And if you've already done it, I had mentioned there's going to be a Discord, um, which is a app. You just download it on your phone or on your computer, and it's a, like a live chat. And I will be throwing tidbits on there. So if you are a premium member, the link is in one of our newest posts or any post that's been up since this weekend. Uh, Just click on that, uh, subscribe, and we'll start chatting on there. And you can ask me questions and I'll put um, recruiting news up there as well. In terms of football news, not really a ton of news this weekend. Uh, Luke Beckett officially announced that he's entering the transfer portal. This doesn't surprise me. I just figured he was done with football, but um, he played one season for BC. He had, so he had some, a, like, I think he had one play at the end of the year that was really good. But other than that, he never really did all that much that was overly impressive. Uh, but he'll enter the transfer portal. He probably would never have found the way to the NFL yet. He's getting on the older side, so I'm not sure if he's going to ever get to the NFL. But good luck to Luke Beckett. Um, this wasn't a surprise. I knew he wasn't on the roster anymore, so uh, this is where he's heading off to. In basketball recruiting news, one of the things that I've been paying attention to was a transfer from Kansas, a big uh, 6'10 forward, Gethro Muscadine, who uh, somebody had put me on to that BC was in one of his final groupings. Um, he picked over the weekend, and guess what? He did not pick Boston College. He is going to go play for New Mexico and Richard Pertino. So Boston College lost there, though I saw 
um, that the Eagles offered a big 6'10 shot blocker out of Stony Brook. And I know one's from Kansas, one's from Stony Brook, but the guy averaged like four blocks a game. So um, I'm kind of intrigued. I got to say, I'm kind of intrigued with that. I know it's not like the level that you're looking for, but at this point, you're not going to be getting a ton of that. So uh, so Muscadine is not going to be with Boston College. And my special sports shout out of, you know, a team that I don't talk a lot about, softball. They beat Louisville on uh, Saturday or Friday, excuse me, to increase their win streak to five in a row. Now, softball hasn't played all that well. You know, their record was well below 500, but they pulled together a nice win streak there to end the season. Now, they lost on Saturday to Louisville again. Uh, Sorry, not again, but lost on Saturday. And so that ends the win streak. But a nice five-game win streak, that's what you build on. That's what you get a team to go on and move on to next year and say, hey, we, we were able to do this at the end of the year. So congratulations to the women's softball team. That's a good way to end the season. In hockey news, Jack Agnew, a freshman defenseman, uh, tr- announced that he's transferring to RPI, another player that's heading someplace else. Um, not a big loss, you know. Agnew played in six games last year, had you know limited. Um, he had limited role on the team, so he's going to end up at RPI. So good luck to him. And one other piece of basketball news. Um, we're going to continue on the bad news for BC, uh, BC basketball. Juriam Cezanu, who I had posted about getting an offer from Boston College recently, made his decision, and he's heading to Mark Schmidt and the St. Bonaventure uh, to the Bonnies. So he's not coming to Boston College either. So BC's still got a few spots available, as I know that they have not filled it with recruits, but you know the transfer portal is continuing to move. We'll see if BC has a few tricks up their sleeve. But first, let's chat about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Head on over, you you name it, you can bet on it. Whether it's UFC, MMA, NHL, NBA, they have it all. It's fast, it's easy, and it's free to sign up. All you need to do is when you make your first deposit, use promo code locked on and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. That means you put $100 down, they're going to give you 50 bucks to win right there. betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. This is Locked On Boston College AJ Black here. With me I have Mitch Wolf. Mitch was with us all last week talking about the NFL draft and well, the draft happened this weekend. I know Mitch and I both were watching quite a bit of television checking this out. We're going to talk today about Hunter Long and Isaiah McDuffie. We're going to kind of go into, you know, what happened, where, what the fit looks like. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Mitch, how, how did you enjoy the draft this weekend? What did you do? Oh, it was great. I, you know, planted myself on the couch and didn't really move at all. So, you know, an ideal weekend. That's excellent. Yeah. I did basically the same thing. I, um, I, on Saturday's pot, uh, Friday when Hunter got drafted, I was uh, watching with my wife on the couch who, was just kind of following along and she's like, you think he's going to get drafted today? I'm like, yeah, definitely. She falls asleep. And uh, I, w- I woke up, I'm like, Hey, Hunter's going to be playing with uh, Brian Flores. You know, he's going to be with another BC guy. And he, she's, she has no recollection of that, you know? So uh, that was my weekend. And I watched pieces of Saturday, but I was kind of busy. And those, those, uh, those later round ones, I kind of just fly through. So, so let's talk about Hunter. Uh, what do you think about, what did you think about the, the slot that he landed, Mitch? So for Hunter, you know, I said on our podcast about him, I thought he would go middle third round. My pick was 85 to Tennessee. He goes 81 to Miami. In my latest mock draft, I had him going 82 to the Washington football team. So I feel pretty good about my projection there. Um, in terms of Hunter, 
as a player. Um, I think the reason why I didn't think of this as a fit at first was because, okay, they've got Mike Gesicki, who's kind of a, a big, really super athletic tight end, who they use a lot. Uh, and they have some other guys behind him that are, you know, kind of just rotational options. So I was like, eh, I don't know if that's going to be um, a likely fit, but it did happen. Um, and then I looked at their roster and kind of what their setup is. And I was like, okay, I can see where Hunter's going to fit in because, so they've got Mike Kosicki, like I said, their next guy is Durham Smythe, who was a tight end from Notre Dame, who's kind of just a bigger blocking guy. And I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, they traded for Adam Shaheen, who was a big guy, small school guy from Chicago. Um, and those are their three kind of lead tight ends. And um, Durham Smythe only got 29 targets last year, and Adam Shaheen only got 22 compared to Mike Gesicki's 85. So I'm thinking that Hunter is going to kind of be in the tight end three and then work himself into the tight end two role by the end of the year. And looking at their contracts, both Mike Gesicki and Durham Smythe are entering their contract year in 2021. So if Hunter's going to be a backup this year, I, I imagine the Dolphins will bring back Gesicki. But I think they're looking to the future and saying, okay, we're probably going to let Durham Smythe go, and we can rely on Hunter Long being our number two blocking tight end. And looking at their offense, the way that they run their offense, you know, obviously they're going to be playing with Brian Flores, and there's all these weapons around on Miami. I mean, they just added Jalen Waddell. They have Tua Tagovailoa, and I'm, I apologize if I messed his name up. I should go by Tua. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, they, they added all these different pieces to the team. Um, where, where, how do you think Hunter is going to fit in? What do you think about the offensive offensive fit for him at, at, in Miami? Right. Uh, so in 2020, Miami was seventh in, in the NFL in running 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends, and two wide receivers. They ran 12 personnel 28% of their plays, and they were in the top half league for 22, two running backs, two tight ends, and 13, one running back, three tight ends personnel as well. So they're going to be using a lot of tight end, two tight end sets. Um, and I think that how they use their tight end is going to mesh really well with what they're going to ask Hunter Long to do. So Mike Gesicki, he's their starter. He took 621 snaps last year, and almost 60% of those came in the slot, and 20% of those came as a, as a wide receiver. So 80% of his reps came when he's outside of the line of scrimmage or, like, away from the offensive lineman. Whereas Jerem Smythe, um, over almost 80% of his snaps came when he was the inline tight end. So I think that Hunter Long is going to step into that inline tight end role where he took his final year at BC, he took almost 72% of his snaps as an inline tight end. So I think that Hunter Long is going to be the, what's called the Y tight end, which is a tight end who aligns like near the line of scrimmage um, and is used primarily as a blocker. But as we know, and as I talked about last week, you know, Hunter Long is still effective as a receiver. So I think that I, I, my one issue is that Miami obviously runs 11 personnel the most. That's where Tua Tungavailoa is most comfortable um, and they're going to be running a lot of um, shotgun passing from that. So I do think that this year they might try to run the ball a little more. They've kind of retooled their offensive line. They've got new offensive coordinators. And one of their – they, so they got two – they have co-offensive coordinators. And one of them was – he's also their tight ends coach. So I think tight end is going to be a heavily featured position in this offense moving forward. So it sounds like it's a great fit for long. Um, now, was it a – so it was kind of a surprise to you that he ended up in, in Miami, correct? Yeah, and I think that I, I more so just like I said, like I think they were comfortable with Gesicki. I think a lot of people thought they were going to take Kyle Pitts in the first round just because of how great of a weapon he was, which was interesting because him and Gesicki are kind of similar players. Um, so I, and I think a lot of people thought Miami had more pressing needs 
Um, but, you know, in hindsight, this one probably was a little more obvious than it should have been, especially with the uh, Brian Flores, Boston College connection. Um, and I think in the video when he got drafted, it was Brian Flores calling him. So, you know, mm. the BC connection should have been a little more apparent. But like I said, you know, I felt good about getting that pick pretty close to almost correct in my mock draft. So we're going to move on to Isaiah McDuffie in just a moment. But I, I, I like to ask Mitch random questions at the end of each segment. So, Mitch, who do you, who do you think was the biggest steal of the NFL draft this weekend? Oh, man. Um, it was interesting because th- – so th- there's a few options you go with this. Like, you kind of go by, like, which day of the draft. So, like, part of me would say, like, I think Justin Fields would be the steal of the draft because he was my second-ranked quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. He was a top-five prospect in the class for me, and he goes in the teens to the Bears, and he's going to be the Bears franchise quarterback. So on one hand, that's a steal. In terms of uh, a late-round guy, um, oh, man, I'm kind of just looking over my board to see guys <laughs> that I really liked. Who went, like, late – oh, here's one. So uh, Hampson Nasserlein went uh, in the sixth round to the Jets, and he was a safety at Florida State. And he's a really big player, like 6'3", 220. Um, but he has had a lot of injury problems. And I think what the Jets are going to do is they're going to kind of move him to linebacker. And he's a freak athlete, so he'll, he'll do well there. But, you know, he fell because pretty much only because of injury. But I think that that's going to be a really interesting fit to watch. A lot of people have kind of comped him to Cam Chancellor. Mm. I think a more appropriate comp is Kelvin Smith, who was a linebacker for the Jaguars was really good for a lot for a while when Jaguars were kind of having those few really good seasons and then he kind of retired out of nowhere which is weird um for I think there were some family issues with that but they're almost very identical in size so I think Hamza Nasserlein if he can stay healthy is going to be a big steal for the New York Jets all right thank you Mitch we'll be back in just a moment to talk about Isaiah McDuffie we'll get back to Mitch in just a moment to talk about Isaiah McDuffie but I want to get to you about Built Bar. Have you tried Built Bar yet? You have to. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar is 100% covered in chocolate and comes in 16 delicious flavors and all these other special flavors that they have coming out. If you haven't tried some already, there's cookies and cream and orange and German chocolate. You name it, they have it. And they're rich in protein and low on sugar. They're great for the keto diet or for those health-conscious guys and gals out there. All you need to do is head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll receive 15% off your first order. Again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. We are talking about the NFL Draft And if you have not checked it out already, head on over to bcbulletin.com. We've had a ton of coverage over the weekend talking about the picks, giving some analysis of what, you know, who went where and all the information that you're going to want to know about the undrafted free agents and Isaiah McDuffie and um, Hunter Long. But if you haven't already checked it out as well, we also have a 2022 uh, look ahead for the NFL draft uh, for next season and how Boston College could have a special class going ahead depending on who enters the draft. Now, we're going to talk in this segment about Isaiah McDuffie. Now, he ended up being drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the sixth round, a pick that um, 
wasn't surprising in terms of the round that he went. And, you know, obviously as a linebacker slash special teamer, McDuffie could have ended up anywhere, but he's going to be teammates with AJ Dillon, a draft pick that went last year and one that many green Bay fans, I think are still kind of upset about because I know they really wish they got some weapons for Aaron Rodgers, and that kind of reared its ugly head this weekend or reportedly reared its ugly head. So, Mitch, we're talking about Isaiah McDuffie. What did you think of the pick? How do you think of the fit? Where, where, where what, do you, what do you think ended up happening there and how that looks? Again, with McDuffie, I felt pretty good about um, him going in that late sixth to seventh round. In my final mock draft, I actually had him going to the Packers in the seventh. So both BC guys, I feel pretty good about predicting where they went. In terms of fit, um, like you said, you know, another, another BC guy. So somebody in Green Bay likes the Eagles, which is great to see. Um, I, and like I talked about last week, I think McDuffie is going to need to contribute on special teams to make this roster. Uh, looking at their depth chart, he's going to be competing for that fifth or sixth inside linebacker on their roster. I'm going to guess that he spends most of 2021 on the practice squad. Um, three of those linebackers were the team, were the Packers leaders in special team snaps. So either McDuffie takes those, takes one of those guys' jobs or and kind of allows other guys to play more on defense. Um, off-ball linebacker is kind of a weakness for Green Bay right now because they need linebackers that can consistently defend against the run. The issue, like we talked about, is that McDuffie has that aggressive nature and it's, his instincts kind of are either bad or get him into trouble in terms of him biting on play action and misdirection. So he might take a year or two to kind of get up to speed in terms of his processing, but I think his speed and tenacity is going to help him get on the field as a special teamer Definitely in training camp, definitely in the preseason, and maybe towards the end of the regular season, especially if there are injuries at the position. Yeah, you know, he plays at a violent position, and, and obviously football's a violent game, so injuries can happen, and, and McDuffie could find his way onto the field early um, and often. Um, Mitch, so with McDuffie, do you see him – sticking around with this is this the type of squad do you think you could see him sticking around with for a while or is there a chance that maybe he's the type that maybe not even makes it out of out of camp is that is that a possibility as well I think he probably makes the team out of camp um usually teams are obviously they want to keep their draft picks they're very reticent to jettison guys that they spent draft capital on uh, especially with how kind of under fire the Packers front office is like you mentioned and I do want to make a comment on that People are always saying, get Aaron Rodgers more weapons. The guy won MVP last year. The Packers offense is not the reason they lost games. So, <laughs> you know, them, them getting a corner in the first round, you know, that's a good move. I think that they lost, they lost that game because of corner. You could make the argument more so than they lost because there weren't offensive weapons. So I digress. But anyways, back to McDuffie. Um, I, I do think that he fits in this defense well. I think that Green Bay kind of likes these lighter linebackers that have some safety background like McDuffie. Um, um, of, so of his snaps last year, uh, he had played 615 snaps and 73% of those came between the B gaps. Um, so I think that he's, like I said, he's going to play that off-ball linebacker more so than the on-ball because they like to have big edge rushers on the line of scrimmage. Um, so I think that they, what they want to do, and they do have a new defensive coordinator, so things could change, but they want their bigger defensive line to allow their linebackers to roam free. And like I said, you know, I think there's some, there's some legitimate concern about McDuffie's ability to, you know, properly read his keys, get in the right gap. So I think, you know, after a few, maybe like after training camp and preseason, a few weeks of playing on the practice squad or being, being on the scout team and everything, 
you know, maybe he'll kind of get up to speed. And then at the end of this season, maybe next year, he kind of, you know, starts to fit, uh, starts to kind of carve out a niche for himself on the defense as a regular contributor. Yeah. So that, that was, those were our two draft picks. And, um, you know, later on this week, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, the potential for other guys to leave and, and after, after this year to go to the draft in 2022 and things like that. Now, Mitch, Again, we're going to wrap this up in a couple minutes. My question for you, I got another random draft. I got a couple of random draft picks uh, questions for you. You're really, you got some interesting comps and I was watching ESPN and I, I tweeted about it because it was ridiculous. It seemed like every first round draft pick, they had comp to some, some pro bowler or hall of famer. And it was like, why, you know, like what's going on with that. Um, and I liked your comps because you give some, you give some really good uh, insight. I'm a Pats fan and a lot of BC people are from Massachusetts. What comp do you have for Mac Jones? All right. So in my official scouting report for him, I believe it was Derek Carr. And I'll say that the reason why ESPN does that, I think a big part of it is because one, they want to give people players they know. Yep. And two, they want to give fans hope. So <laughs> I, I, I had ESPN, I had, I had some friends over actually the first night, so I wasn't, really listening but who was their comp for mac jones and oh was i wasn't i was too busy running around my room okay. excited so okay. i don't, I don't okay. even that's, know <laughs> that's that's fair um i you know there are some people that are like oh like because he's a you know a doughy white kid he's tom brady it's like okay well that's not true um yeah. but i you know i think there's a lot you can go with mac jones you know he's got that Derek carr kirk cousins kind of there's a lot of metaphors you can use. I think the one I like best is that he's a, um, he's a baker, not a chef. And what that means is that, and not Baker Mayfield, actually, like as a profession. So if you're a chef, you know, you, if you're, you're making a dish, you know, you go, okay, I have to do a few things, but like I can tweak things and make some adjustments that make it really pop. Mm-hmm. But if you're baking something, you got to follow it to the letter of the law. And that's what Mac Jones does. He has to follow the structure of the offense to a T He's going to struggle a bit to create outside of structure, but if you give him a ton of tools, good ingredients, uh, and you know some good coaching, he's going to be pretty good. But I, he's the guy that I don't think can really like elevate himself in big moments without having a stellar supporting cast. Gotcha. I, you know, I I've been spoiled my entire life for, for uh, Tom Brady, and I was mm-hmm. the one thing about Mac Jones that I was I was kind of bummed about was. I had my fingers crossed as Justin Fields was kind of falling down the line. I was like, oh, you know, there's only two more teams left. And then freaking Chicago traded up. And I was like, oh, there he goes. <laughs> as, as, a non, as a non-Patriots fan, I was very much happy that somebody did that and prevented the Patriots <laughs> from getting Justin Fields. <laughs> um, one last draft question, because I know a lot of people were probably watching. What was your favorite pick out of the first round, other than maybe Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence? Okay, first round. Let's see what we got. Um, like I said, I really like Chicago and Justin Fields. Um, looking down towards the end of the board here. Um, there are a few. Uh, I, I think. I think, and this this is what annoys me is that. So I'm a Steelers fan, and uh, I would say the Ravens getting Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, might be a steal because and a lot of people had him as their um, fourth wide receiver. And I think he's going to fit in really well with the Ravens offense, even though they don't throw the ball much. But I think that he's going to be, he might be the key to kind of opening up that offense to to, you know, get the Ravens away from just running the ball and giving Lamar Jackson some legitimate weapons in the passing game. 
All right, great. Thank you, Mitch. So we're going to talk to Mitch again tomorrow about uh, the Max Squared duo who were signed as undrafted free agents. We'll look at their, their potential and where they could end up. Now, this is Locked On Boston College. If you have not done so already, please like and subscribe to our, our uh, podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple, Google, you name it, we're there. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC, and you can follow Mitch at Mitchell T. Wolf on Twitter. This is AJ Black. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you all again tomorrow. Take care.